It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda. A double shot of Catholicism and conversation to start your day off right. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Tuesday morning to you. It is October 24th. Is that right? Yes, let me turn to the calendar. It is October it 24th. Is. It's 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on... The Morning Blend, thank you so much for tuning in this morning, and to you, Brenda. Yes. Welcome back. Thank you very much. We missed you yesterday. I appreciate that. I did think of everybody right around 1030 when my alarm on my phone said staff meeting. That's right. Time to get there, and I was not there. Of course, I was in San Diego. I just by myself. I went to go visit my mom and dad, just kind of check on the folks, visit the brothers, give hugs to my nieces and nephew. Nice. It was all extremely wonderful. Yeah. It was. Uh, I I left on Friday. My flight left like at two o'clock here. I think I landed in San Diego at around five. It was eighty-five degrees. Oh, lovely. <laughs> It was a little bit yeah. warm. It sounds warm. And that we had a couple nice. of, of warm days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It cooled off a little bit, but it was still was like 74, yeah. something like that. And then when I took off, it did actually rain on Monday. I took a video oh. of it. I'm like, what, am I in Escondido or am I in uh, Portland, Oregon? Yeah. It was hard to tell. Little rain coming down. Except for all of the citrus fruit around <laughs> yes. the avocado trees. That was the giveaway. It's like, oh, yes, it is Southern California. Well, let me tell you, you missed what I may say was the best staff meeting we ever had. So sorry about that. Uh, uh, you know, all I those have years, that, yeah. that FOMO, fear yeah, of missing well, out bad. Yeah. And so that's why I was thinking about everybody yeah. going, they're probably talking about me. That's oh, what they were saying. Did we indeed? <laughs> so too bad we don't keep minutes. So you can't see. I can't but, uh, see what you No, it was about. great. We, we had a good meeting. We missed you. But uh, I see here on the desk, you left me a little deck of cards. That's it's very a little, nice. You're welcome. A yeah. little Italian deck of cards so you, you can do, open that up. So that's a little it, souvenir it, it, I brought for you. You know what I'm talking about? How that looks like the little deck of cards? It, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Like you yeah, used, used to, to get. Yeah, it, yeah. They never okay. work. Can I open this? Well, sure. Okay. It's a little piece of candy. It's called a oh, Taroni. Look at that. And when I arrived, my dad loves to have something in hand. I don't know whether it was for the kids when he got off a flight or when they came to visit, a little something. Wow. So when I, I arrived, my dad gave me a box of these. Now, these are a traditional Italian candy. I think, if I remember correctly, they said that typically at weddings, these were available. Oh. It's, it, it's like a nougat candy. So don't eat it while we're on the air because you're going to mm, be good. chewing it and yeah. chewing it and right. chewing it. I'll save it, it for so after the show. That's a little gift. So the story goes, and I don't know if it's because my dad felt guilty, but my mom said they recently, uh, in June, we were uh, in Italy right. on a tour, right. on a trip, and she brought home like real Taroni, and there they make it real big, and so mm -hmm. it was like a wedge, and she had brought a wedge home for me, and she was saving it in the freezer, and my dad ate it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he well, ate okay. it all. So I don't know if that was to make up for it, but it's a little traditional uh, Italian candy. So well, it's very cool. It's got a little a cool little picture on it, a little drawing that's very nice. And on the front it says Gonzaga, Ipolita. Do you know what? Do you know I what don't that know is? what that. We're gonna right. have to look that. Right. Get out the little Google Translate yeah. on your phone, and it'll translate it all for you. Okay. But that'll be very interesting. And I believe that's an orange flavored. La one. Florentine. It says almond nougat candy. There well, you thank go. you. Well, thanks for you're welcome, for you. and so thanks to your thinking. parents. Yeah, I thank you very much. Yeah. And my before we get any farther, too, my dad said, "Wish David all of the best. He loves your sports 
reporting. He Thank listens you. every day. And he said, and he loves how he knows so much more about <laughs> Oregon sports. Hey, good for him. He All loves right. it. He well, loves I'm glad. It. I'm glad to inform. So, yes. and, you know, and on that end, David, yeah. we're entering into your last week. That the is end true. is in sight. It is. What, Down the home there's stretch. like a big archway with <laughs> retirement flashing lights coming at you. You notice how I've been putting X's on the days. No, I, I haven't done that on the calendar. <laughs> Uh, yeah. How about that? All right. Yeah. So uh, here we go. We better make these uh, this the you, best shows ever. You better. <laughs> these are the best shows David's ever. David's got a bad case of senioritis right yeah. now. Well, I feel much better now that you got me a little have candy. Have that candy. You'll yeah. feel great. So I, I feel good about that. So, well, welcome back. Nice to have you back. Thank Did it get cold? Much. Did you, speaking of warm down there, not here. Do you see what the forecast was going to be towards the end of the week? Okay. What I first thing caught my eye was the big, bright suns that are in my weather forecast yeah. on Saturday, Sunday. And then next to it, it said 35. <laughs> yes. So uh, your traditional, as we get close to Halloween, well, frost on the pumpkin is on the pumpkin. very possible. Speaking of which, you know, Halloween exactly a week from today. <gasps> That's right, because it's on Tuesday. It's on Tuesday. we got to remind ourselves yeah. we, we didn't have a show Monday, so today is Tuesday. Yeah, so there okay, you go. Okay, I'm ready. I'm going right. to get can- candy this All week. Right. It's coming to my house. Very good. Well, what do you got coming up this morning? Well, David, President Joe Biden cleared his schedule to take a very important phone call. Pope Francis hey, was on the phone and talked to him about the urgent need to bring aid to those in need. All right. Israel. Uh, hear that. And uh, peace health workers on strike. So uh, we'll have the details there for you as well. All right. We've got a great show ahead for you on this Tuesday morning. We're going to start things off with Dave Moore and Song of Victory. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
Dave Moore, Song of Victory. It is 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's David and Brenda with you on this Tuesday morning. Joining us next is Michael Davis talking about common sense on social justice. It's right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen's Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying a morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. O God, in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer Thee the precious blood of Jesus from all the altars throughout the world, joining with it the offering of my every thought, word, and action of this day. O Jesus, I desire today to gain every indulgence and merit that I can and offer them together with myself to Mary Immaculate, that she may best apply them in the interests of the most sacred heart. Precious blood of Jesus, save us. Sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, Please visit us online at materdayradio.com. Materday Radio is in prayerful pursuit of a Catholic media all-star. Are you passionate about engaging others into a joyful encounter with Jesus Christ? You could be our next show host and media producer. This full-time position leads the planning, promotion, and execution of outstanding dynamic Catholic programming across multiple platforms, including the Hail Mary Media app. Materday Radio offers you competitive pay, medical, dental, and vision insurance a retirement account with a company match, and unique chances for spiritual growth and development. Could a spot on our evangelization team be the right place for you? Don't wait. Get all the details on this exciting opportunity now and find out how to apply at MontredayRadio.com. That's MontredayRadio.com to learn more. You could be our next show host and media producer, helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Monterey Radio. 
And it is 713 at Mater Day Radio. Well, the rain rolls in today. It's been uh, pretty dry here the last couple of days, but mainly after 2 o'clock when you'll see the showers start and uh, pretty much will rain right on through tonight into Wednesday. High of only 53 today, so it's going to get chilly. Really going to get chilly toward the end of the week yeah. when it drops into the 30s, although the rain will let up. Just a heads up, too, snow in the passes okay so if you're traveling through the passes tonight into tomorrow be aware that snow level supposed to drop down to the uh, pass level so be careful driving be prepared for that and then for tomorrow just a high of 51 degrees all right definitely Mm -hmm. cooling off to fall weather for sure it is currently 51 degrees at the proto-cathedral of saint james the greater in vancouver and 52 degrees at ascension church in portland well, every week in his podcast, Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis brings forward different social justice ideas and then how we can act locally on these ideas. Well, nothing seems to affect us more obviously than the homeless crisis that's here in Portland and also in Southwest Washington. Just a drive down I-5 and you can see the scattering of tents and trash and things that kind of build up along the way because people have what seems like no other options. Michael is joining us today because he's going to offer thoughts on homelessness and how to approach the situation caringly, yet also making sure that we are doing the best we can for the people living on the margins of society. Michael, thank you so much for staying with us today. Thank you, Brenda. It's good to be back. Michael, my commute takes me right down I-5. And it seems that it's most apparent there where you see so many homeless people living. It's easy access to the roads and out into the neighborhoods. But then there's also Marine Drive where it seems like there is a mile of broken down vehicles and people living Mm. in RVs. And while my Catholic faith tells me and shows me how to act with compassion and mercy, there's also a citizen part of my mind that says, this just can't happen in the city. Mm-hmm. So how do we balance first our Catholic faith where we recognize that compassion and mercy doesn't also mean just letting people do what they want to do? Yeah. I mean, if you look into the gospels, you know, Jesus, uh, yeah, he was very compassionate, patient with Peter, but also he was very confrontive with the Pharisees. And it really has to do with the heart, right? Mm. Kind of discerning where a person's heart is, how you need to relate to that person. But we've got to look at the entire picture of uh, Catholic teaching on uh, society and creating that just society. And justice and mercy always have to be present side by side. So in justice, there's accountability and there's a standard to live up to. And people are thriving in a just society. But in mercy, you know, we're going to forgive. We're going to overlook a multitude of sins, so to speak, you know, forgiving. But even when, like, you go to confession, there's so much mercy and forgiveness in confession. But there's also penance. Yes. And confession. So there's the justice part of it. And so in society, we're seeing, and I'm bringing out in this week's podcast, that Yes, we're going to help you. We're going to walk with you through your deep struggle in life. But you're still expected to be part of society. We're not going to put up with you destroying yourself. 
destroying businesses, destroying neighborhoods, and destroying the earth with all this garbage. So there's that balanced approach that I think we've forgotten that justice part. We've just focused so much on the mercy part. Michael, in recognizing that, you know, Christ said there will always be poor among Mm -hmm. you. Okay. And we recognize that, obviously. So what is the best way to directly help a person in need for their immediate needs right now? And then also for the greater need of a community to not allow, you know, people Mm -hmm. sleeping in neighborhoods where mm-hmm. where there are other people who are living within the a certain boundary of society. Yeah, I think in that question, there's like a, a small picture and a big picture involved in that. Right. The small picture, immediate need of food, here's some food, right? Real quick. But um, the bigger picture is what's the real need and the real immediate need. You know, the real need is that you're destroying yourself, Maybe if it's with drugs and we're going to stop enabling that because we are. I mean, this crazy notion from Multnomah County of providing drug paraphernalia. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. No, we're not going to enable that. We're not going to enable laziness. If you don't want to work, we're we're just not going to get sucked dry as a society anymore. So people are going to be expected to thrive. But one of the things I hit and you're talking about immediate need The real need underlying and the real problem with this enablement mentality we have with homelessness now is that we are not giving people the opportunity to live their created purpose. And their created purpose is to be a very healthy, contributive member of society. And by enabling them to be outside of that, We're ripping them off by not allowing them the fulfillment and joy of living in a healthy society. Michael Davis podcast is Common Sense on Social Justice. You're going to access that podcast on the Hail Mary Media app. You're also going to find it at materdayradio.com under the Standalone Podcast menu. So, Michael, what can we do, though? How do you help somebody maybe that doesn't want to be helped or who have challenges like mental health challenges that really makes the approach different when, I mean, whereas you'd say, okay, here's what we can do. Now you got to do the rest for some people, many living on the, on the streets. They're just so limited. Yeah. And good question there. So what's happened currently is that we've created this housing first model. So we, take these people and we house them in traditional housing like apartment complexes and they're not able to live in that kind of environment and many people can make that giant leap and it is a giant leap from the streets into traditional housing but many can't and what we've failed to do is to create a phased approach off the streets. Just just like you have a baby, right? You don't expect that baby to go to work, you know, every day and help Mm. pay the rent at Uh the house, right? It's life has phases to it. And these people who are severely stunted in their mentality and their emotional life or whatever it is, some of them in their physical abilities, we have created this one stop shop of housing model that 
expects them to live in traditional housing and that's setting them up for failure because especially if they're on drugs or addicted to alcohol, then they create chaos where they're at, trash the apartment, create chaos for the neighbors. They get an eviction. What do we do? We just put them in a worse situation. Now they really can't get housing work because now they have an eviction. So what we really need to do is discern case by case, each individual, where are you? What are your real needs? And how can we get you there? And some people really do. They may need to live somewhere that's got a lot of handholding. You know, we used to have the uh, places for people with mental illness to live where they had that on-site monitoring and help. And we got rid of that. So, Michael, in your work, you have worked with people kind of transitioning from homelessness with all kinds of issues and then into finding permanent housing. I guess the big question that many people have is, is it possible? I mean, are there stories out there of successes where people have been addicted to to drugs and alcohol, who've been living on the streets chronically? Is there a way that they can actually re-enter society? Is it possible? Yeah, it really is possible. And I uh, am a big fan of this uh tax that we passed in the metro area uh, that metro runs you know the three counties um, Clackamas Multnomah and Washington counties they uh, house the homeless now again you know a little bit more phasing could happen in the housing but that money is actually helping people who can just probably never get to the point of being able to pay all the extreme move-in costs there are nowadays with deposit and getting rent paid so it's helping these individuals, and I, I've seen quite a few of them, and I'm thinking of one man in particular, 20 years living on the streets and developed all wow. these physical disabilities just from the harshness of living on the streets, gets housed, and now he his life has so turned around that he is very, being a very contributing member of society and helping others, and he's so focused He's so healed now that he's able to accomplish some of his life dreams, for one thing, and he really is functioning fully as a human again. And he tells me over and over again, hadn't been for this help, but it took a lot of work to get there. And it took a lot of, of walking with him through that. It took a, a, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't just me. And, but it happened. And so I think we're going to have to get off our couches as a society and say, take ownership, the accountability ownership. We're not allowing you to destroy society, but we're also going to take ownership for where we failed as a society that created this problem. Well, Michael, again, lots of questions and you tackle a tough subject and you offer some solutions and it sounds like it's going to be another great podcast. Thanks for your time today. Yes, thank you. I've enjoyed it. And remember, Michael's podcast is Common Sense on Social Justice at MatraDayRadio.com. You'll find it under digital media, standalone podcasts. You'll also be able to access that podcast plus an archive of Michael's show on the Hail Mary media app. 
And it is 724 at Mater Day Radio. And one of the ways you can support Mater Day Radio is through our vehicle donation program. If you have an old car, a truck, a boat, motorcycle, or RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. It'll take you to the main page. All the information is right there. A couple of forms to fill out. You're good to go, and it is a likely tax deduction for you as well. It is Mater Day Radio's Vehicle Donation Program. Find it on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Modern Day Radio's Leadership Circle connects through all source communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? All Source Communications is an independent local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at allsourcecommunications.com. That's allsourcecommunications.com or call 503-967-4887 for All Source Communications, connecting Monterey Radio's leadership circle. I am Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 726 at Mater Day Radio. Well, Peace Health workers on the picket lines in southwest Washington love the details in the news. And this is what it sounded like in the White House this weekend. Uh, Mr. President, you need to take this call. Pope Francis is calling you. Ah. I'll have that story for you coming up in news. This is Dana Catherine and Beautiful Love. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. It's getting harder to separate when you're farther. I feel out of place, out of place. It's like your gravity is beckoning, begging me to stay in your beautiful
That is Dana Catherine and Beautiful Love. It is 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news this morning, Pope Francis issued another public appeal for peace in the Holy Land and throughout the world on Sunday and made a phone call to United States President Joe Biden to discuss options for ensuring access to humanitarian aid and the release of hostages. Patriarchs and church leaders in the Holy Land also issued a statement condemning the targeting of civilian infrastructure and calling for a ceasefire. In an October 22nd statement, the Vatican announced that earlier that afternoon, a phone call took place between Pope Francis and the President of the United States, Joe Biden, with the roughly 20-minute conversation focused on situations of conflict in the world and the need to identify pathways of peace. A statement from the White House said the conversation focused on the latest developments in Israel and Gaza, with Biden condemning the attack by Hamas and insisting on the need to protect civilians in Gaza. Biden discussed his recent visit to Israel and his efforts to ensure the delivery of humanitarian aid to Gaza, the statement said. Both parties discussed the need to prevent a regional escalation of the conflict and to work towards a durable peace in the Middle East. Also on Sunday, Biden spoke to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to discuss the developments in Gaza and the surrounding region. Almost 1,300 workers at Peace Health Southwest and at Peace Health St. John began striking yesterday morning. Picket lines are expected to run until 7 p.m. daily through this Friday, according to officials. Pickets are being held at both Peace Health Southwest in Vancouver and Peace Health St. John in Longview. Workers will be prepared to return to work on Saturday, October 28th. The strike comes after the Oregon Federation of Nurses and Health Professionals Union formally announced a strike notice on October 13th. The union said many of the Peace Health workers had been in contract negotiation for months without an agreement. They are at odds with management over wages and staffing issues. The strike unit is made up of service and tech caregivers. Doctors and nurses are excluded, according to Peace Health. On Saturday, Clark County officials became aware of suspicious activity on the countywide network. County Information Technology is actively looking into the situation and working on a solutions. And updates will be posted on the county website at www.clark.wa.gov and a link to the information ribbon at the top of the page. Currently, some parts of the county website are not available, including the property information center, geographic information services, and jail roster. Some county services may not be available at this time. In the election office, the issue will briefly delay processing of voter registration updates, but ballot tabulation and scanning occurs on a standalone server that are not affected by the situation. Well, an Alaska Airlines flight bound for San Francisco had to be diverted to Portland International Airport on Sunday after an off-duty Alaska Airlines pilot attempted to disrupt the operations of the engines, according to the carrier. Alaska Airlines says the plane departed from Everett, Washington, and was headed, was headed to San Francisco when it reported a credible security threat related to an authorized occupant in the flight deck jump seat. The suspect then attempted to deploy the engine fire suppression system, which would have caused the engines to shut down. Two pilots were able to subdue the man before engine power was lost. 
Following guidance from air traffic control, the plane was diverted to PDX. The Port of Portland arrested 44-year-old Joseph Emerson early Monday morning. He faces 83 counts of attempted murder, 83 counts of reckless endangerment, and endangering an aircraft. Wow. Yeah, pretty strange story. That is incredible. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. How frightening. Glad that they were able to keep that under control. No doubt. Well, more strange news in the airways. A state lawmaker from southwest Washington was arrested in Hong Kong after bringing a handgun in his carry-on for an international flight. He claims that the gun escaped notice at a Portland International Airport security checkpoint. Senator Jeff Wilson's office acknowledged in a statement that he was taken into custody at the Hong Kong airport Friday night. He's been charged with possession of an unregistered firearm and was released on bail Sunday. Wilson said in a statement, it was an honest mistake and I expect the situation to be resolved shortly. Now, according to his office, Wilson was heading out on a five-week vacation in Southeast Asia with his wife. He did not realize, he said, that he had a pistol in his briefcase and baggage screeners at PDX failed to note it. The gun went uh, unremarked until a connection flight from San Francisco. Wilson found the gun mid-flight between San Francisco and Hong Kong, according to his office, when he reached into his briefcase for a piece of gum and felt the revolver inside. The gun was not loaded, his office said, and he immediately went to report it to custom officials once the plane landed in Hong Kong. He added that the gun was properly registered in Washington state and he holds a valid concealed handgun license, but it was not registered, of course, in Hong Kong where guns are strictly regulated. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, in sports, the Texas Rangers are headed to the World Series following an 11-4 blowout of the Houston Astros in uh. Game 7 of the American League Championship Series last night. Texas is one of six, I didn't know this, Texas is one of six major league teams without a World Series title. Whoa. Yeah, I'm trying don't know who the other five are. Yeah, but you know who one of them is? <laughs> Who's that? San Diego San Padres Diego are Rangers. one of them. You would know that. That's right. <laughs> uh, this is the Rangers' first birth in the Fall Classic since consecutive trips in 2010 and 2011. Obviously, they didn't win. Texas win denies the Astros a chance to win back-to-back titles, something that has not been done since the Yankees took three straight from 1998 to 2000. So the World Series gets started on Friday. The Rangers will play the winner of the Philadelphia-Arizona Series, which is going to a seventh game tonight. Oh, yeah, the, I do like the excitement yeah, from that, they're for fun, sure. Yeah. So the Diamondbacks stayed alive with a 5-1 to win over the Phillies yesterday. Tonight's L- NLCS finale gets started at 5 o'clock. It'll be televised on TBS. I was telling you this morning. Yeah, tell us about this. In, this, in the Houston-Texas series, not one team won a home game. I could not believe that when you said yeah. that. Isn't that amazing? So Texas lost their three at home. Houston lost their four at home. And, wow. of course, the Rangers then clinch. But yeah, that's that's really phenomenal. Well, once you see it, you can't unsee it. The Pope's skullcap looks like a pumpkin. Really? And that is exactly how it got its name. The Zacchetto, the close-fitting skullcap worn by Pope and other members of Catholic clergy, is named for its resemblance to the top half of a pumpkin. 
literally translated to little pumpkin from Italian, the zucchetto's original use was very practical. It derived from the felt skullcap to keep clerics' heads warm in the cold stone churches and monasteries of the Middle Ages. Now, once 16th century Spanish explorers brought pumpkins and other squashes to Europe from Mexico where they originated, the nickname was inevitable. Huh. So Pope Paul VI made the Zacchetto obligatory for members of the church hierarchy in 1968, but all other clerics may wear one. So what color one wears depends on the rank. So David, Pope Francis, what color does he wear? Uh, well, it's white, white, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So the Pope right. will always wear a white one. Then the Cardinals... Red? Red, yeah. that's correct. Now we move down a little farther. Patriarchs, archbishops, and bishops, they wear one too on certain occasions. You'll mm-hmm. see it. Yeah, purple? It is a it is a reddish purple. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's not like a dark purple right. or violet, but it's red that looks like it just has a little tinge of purple okay. in violet. it. Violet. Violet. They call it amaranth red. Mm, I've never ever heard of the word amaranth, but type it in and sure enough, that's the same color. And then lower clergy may wear a black one. And sometimes you'll even see some wear like a a black hat. Right. And the zucchetto is worn and removed at different times according to circumstances. While the zucchetto is worn outdoors, indoors, and if a bishop in the liturgy. Other clerics are supposed to leave them in the sacristy. And then within the liturgy, if the prelate is not celebrating, it is removed briefly when reverencing the altar. It's removed at the sanctus and restored before the Our Father, during which it is worn. Wow, that's interesting. There you go. Now you know. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, if you are available this evening, I strongly encourage you to take a moment and head up north to Vancouver this evening at six o'clock is a performance of Tolton from Slave to Priest, live performance at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver. Meet Father Augustus Tolton, the first African-American priest in this one-man multimedia performance from St. Luke Productions, from his dramatic escape from slavery to his courageous struggle in the face of prejudice. Father Tolton's inspiring life centers around his message of reconciliation and hope. And remember, you can find details on these and other events by going to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary Media app. Now you're going to hear about one of the last writings of Pope Benedict. We'll do that right after the forecast. Support for Materday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join me, Sister Christa von Borstel, in this prayer to St. Sebastian. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Glorious Sebastian, martyr and saint, I call on your strength and courage to help me through this difficult trial. Your faith was so deep, a multitude of arrows could not finish you. The piercing wounds inflicted for your faith only proved to strengthen your belief. May you intercede for those who are weakened from the effects of disease. I ask for your intercession 
that I may also survive that which threatens to destroy my beliefs in the mercy of Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Jesuit High School invites all interested students and families to attend an open house on Sunday, October 29th from 1 to 4 p.m. Jesuit High School, located on Beaverton Hillsdale Highway in Portland, is a Catholic college preparatory school in the Ignatian tradition that serves students from all backgrounds from grades 9 through 12. Jesuit strives to form women and men for others who are people of compassion, conscience, and competence. Register at jesuitportland.org forward slash open house. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 744 at Mater Day Radio. Well, the rain rolls in later today, probably about after 2 o'clock. We'll start to see more showers. Only going to be 53 today is your high, and then rain overnight tonight, low of 44. Showers for Wednesday, a high of 51, as I mentioned earlier, too. If you're traveling through the mountain passes uh, today, tonight, be prepared. Snow levels dropping. Going to see, you You know, they're saying maybe up to 6, six inches yeah. in the mountains. So, man, first significant snowfall. Well, if you are heading up the hill, it is currently 44 degrees at St. John's Catholic Church in Welsh's. They're going to actually be seeing some snowflakes falling there right. today. There you go. 43 degrees at St. Paul Church in Eugene. Ever the prolific writer and thinker, Pope Benedict XVI never stopped compiling his thoughts and reflections on paper after his resignation from the papacy in 2013. Now, he wrote many theological and thoughtful works during those years until his death last December. Now, those writings now available in a new book, What is Christianity? The Last Writings. Pope Benedict had but one request, though. This book should be published after his death. And it is now available from Ignatius Press. And joining me this morning to share more is Father Joseph Fessio, founder and editor of Ignatius Press. Good morning, Father Fessio. Thank you so much for your time today. Sure. Happy to be here, Brenda. Father Fessio, there is no doubt the deep theology and writings of Pope Benedict is a true gift. It's a blessing to our church. I think the blessing that we still continue to dive deeper into and gain more and more understanding. And he loved to write and he had so many thoughts. Do you think that maybe because being Pope didn't allow him the time to delve into his writing so much that that maybe played a part into his desire to step down from the papacy so that he could devote the last of his years to writing. No, no, I think that he gave his reason for stepping down, and he actually uh, foretold it in his interview with Peter Zabel a few years before that he had said when he was asked, uh, could a Pope ever resign? He said, well, 
if a pope ever felt he was physically or, or psychologically, spiritually not up to the task, he not only could resign, he must resign. He said that back in, I don't know, 2010 or 2009, something like that. So clearly, that was the reason he resigned, not so he could write some more. He always wanted to write and spend more time doing theology. But by the time he retired, he was old and pretty frail. So he did continue to reflect. Uh, he always was a writer as well as a thinker. So yes, he did do some writing, but it wasn't, we wouldn't call this part of his major corpus, his major work, although it's very important and it's very, very inspiring and insightful. Father Fessio, it does lend to its intrigue, though, what he had to say, because he said this writing or this these groups of writing that I have should be published after my death. Why did he put that stipulation on it? Because it seems like, well, this has opened up a lot more questions that we would love to have had his feedback on. Yes, but the thing is, he was aware, very much aware of the fact that uh, it's unusual to have uh, a living pope resign and still be alive when a new pope takes his place. It causes confusion. Uh, and even the question of what should he wear white or not, where should he live, and so on. But he did not want anything that he did or said to be a, have even the appearance of something different from or distinct from what Pope Francis was saying. And therefore, except for a few minor occasions where he was asked to, give it to uh, he was given a trophy or an award and he had to respond to that publicly, uh, he did not want any of his writings after his resignation made public to avoid that confusion there might be between him as former pope and, Bennett and Francis as the active pope. Father Joseph Fessio joining us this morning where we are discussing a new collection of writings from Pope Benedict XVI. It's bound together in the book, What is Christianity? The Last Writings. It is available from Ignatius Press. Well, Father Fessio, I'd love if you would open this up for us because it is a collection of writings and he took years to put these things together. How did all of these different writings get kind of piece together to form this book? Well, of course, uh, you know, he when he writes things down, they're, they're somewhat permanent. So when he did uh, write something, then it was there to be ready. And he, you know, he had talked with Elio Guerriero, who is the editor of this, who's a friend of his and a friend of mine as well. So all these things were being cumulatively collected as he produced them. And some, like in Chapter 6, which is called Occasional Speeches and Essays, uh, those were, for the most part, occasioned by events where he was uh, asked to give a homily, you know, on the anniversary of a priest or something like that. Uh, he did write this little essay on St. Joseph, which has been significant. It, it, it is a closing essay in this book. And, of course, he was a Joseph, Joseph Ratzinger, uh, and he had a great devotion to St. Joseph. So that's a beautiful little testament. But uh, the fact is, these were being collected as he wrote them by Elio Guerriero. And then when he died, the Pope died, then they were put together into this book. 
Father Fessio, he tackles the biggest issues facing our church, abuse, relativism, the priesthood, even the reform of the liturgy. Is this book of writings and essays and homilies, are these explanations of his decisions while he was uh, the Pope? Or can we now use this as a guide map for the church as we move into these future? You know, Brenda, he died on December 31st, and two days later, January 2nd, is the feast day of Saints Basil and Gregory of Nazianzen, two great fathers of the Church, doctors of the Church of the 4th century, which is a very turbulent century for the Church. That was the Arian heresy when over half the bishops didn't believe in the divinity of Christ. And, of course, Basil's brother was another Gregory. Uh, So we had Gregory's and a Basel, all three bishops, all three saints, all three doctors of the church. And that happened right after, I mean, that feast is right after the death of Benedict. And I think that someday in the future we'll have three more saints and doctors of the church. Pope Benedict, Joseph Ratzinger, his friends and mentors, Henri de Dubach and Hans-Jason Balthazar. And this book, like all his writings, I believe, will be there to illuminate the Church for centuries to come. He is a profoundly deep thinker, uh, and the, the thought that he has is not something which is merely controversies of the day, but he always goes deeper into the foundation of things, into the essence of things. And so I, I just believe he'll be a modern father and doctor of the Church. Oh, amen to that. Father Fessio, on the back cover of the book, it says, May all who draw from this book come closer to the person of Jesus Christ, whom he knew to be the unique and definitive revelation of God in human history. That uh, comment by Cardinal Robert Sarah on this book. Father Fessio, I feel like myself, I am your regular churchgoer who wants to draw closer to the Lord. But, well, the idea of reading the theology of Pope Benedict does make me a little bit nervous because I want to make sure I understand it very well. For a person like me who considers themselves a always a, a Catholic trying to grow deeper in their faith, is this written in, in a way that is available for everybody to read, understand, and as Pope Benedict would have wanted us, to grow closer to the Lord. Well, yes and no. He wrote in many different genres, and he has some very some very academic work, especially his two theses, you know, on Augustine and on St. Bonaventure, which probably uh, even I have to struggle with. <laughs> but he also gave homilies, uh, and which were very, very accessible to everyone, and he wrote essays. Uh, and gave talks, uh, which you know, I, I think are quite readable and intel- intelligible. For example, as Pope, when he gave the Wednesday audiences, and he spoke on the on the lives of saints and spiritual writers and doctors of the Church, all those are are very profound, but also very direct, just like Jesus's parables and Jesus's speech, and like the Gospel of Saint John, which is very simple in its language, but it's profound in its meaning. So yes, I think most of what's in this book uh, could be, you know, nourishing and helpful to any well-educated Catholic. Uh, There's a couple maybe like the dialogue with the Jewish rabbi, which maybe require a little more specific background. Uh, His 
section on monotheism and tolerance, a little more theological, but it's quite a it's quite a selection here. You walk into the cafeteria, you know, and maybe there's some food you don't want to eat or you can't digest, but there's also other things which you can. I love that. And of course, a book which would be perfect from Pope Benedict. There is something for everyone in here. Well, Father Fessio, I really appreciate your time today and what a wonderful read this is going to be. Thank you so very much. Well, thank you. God bless you, and God bless your work, man. Uh, thank you so much. And again, that is Father Joseph Fessio. The name of the book, What is Christianity? The Last Writings. It is available from Ignatius Press. I will be sure to add a link to where you can get right to Ignatius Press. Purchase a copy for yourself, and you'll find that link on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And it is 7.55 at Mater Day Radio. Well, if you haven't done so yet, please download our free Hail Mary media app. It is just loaded with wonderful information. It includes access to our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. You can tune into live broadcasts of Mater Day Radio, sign up for customized prayer reminders, listen to many podcasts as well, just so much more too. It is the free Hail Mary Media app. You can find out all the details on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. This is Modern Day Radio. KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield. Translator K235BF, Eugene. And streaming at moderndayradio.com. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a double shot to start the day on Mater Day Radio. And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio, and we'll have an update for you on those big sinkholes on Cape Kiwanda. Pretty interesting. All right, and Catholics in California warned, watch out for imposter priests. They're charging a lot of money for the sacraments. They're having a very, very unusual story. That all coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Alina with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. When I say today's saint was on fire with a deep devotion to our blessed mother, he was in all respect and in the best possible way, the mama's boy. In fact, he inspired a devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary everywhere he went, and he took his mission to his own heart very seriously. Anthony wasn't from a noble background, nor did he have much of an upbringing. He began as a simple weaver. Born in Catalonia, Spain, Anthony lived a simple and humble life, even learning Latin and the printing process, a little foreshadow for the life he would create for himself. He was later accepted into the seminary and was ordained in 1835. 
Because of his poor health, Father Anthony wasn't able to enter a religious order as he originally intended, but this wasn't the end of his journey, only the beginning. He was assigned as a missionary to Catalonia and the Canary Islands. He set to work instructing the faithful, leading retreats and tirelessly preaching on the love of God through the heart of Mary. Before long, Father Anthony became one of the most successful and popular preachers in all of Spain. He was never seen without a rosary in hand, and within 10 years had established the Congregation of Missionary Sons of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, also known simply as the Claritians. It was around this time that Cuba needed the charismatic guidance of this powerful preacher. He was appointed the Archbishop of Santiago in 1850, and he set to work igniting a love for our mother in the hearts of the Cubans. He also founded another ministry, the Teaching Sisters of Mary Immaculate. With powerful preaching comes powerful enemies. An attempt was made on the Archbishop's life at least 14 different times, and one was almost successful. Thankfully, it ended in failure, but still left him gravely wounded on the face and wrists. Out of mercy and compassion, Archbishop Anthony was able to spare his assassin of the death penalty, and instead asked that the criminal serve time in prison. After his shepherding in Cuba, Pope Pius IX called Father Anthony back to Spain to serve as the confessor to Queen Isabella II. Although he didn't relish in the thought of this new assignment, he humbly obeyed with the conditions of not having to live in the palace or attend court functions, and only being called to educate the royal children and hear the queen's confessions. Otherwise, he was free to preach and write. It didn't take long for Father Anthony to put his printing skills to the test. He founded the religious publishing house where he printed over 200 original works and commentaries, some including books on environmentalism. In the end, he fled in exile with the royal family during the revolution of 1868 and died in Paris in 1870. St. Anthony was canonized in 1950 and became the patron saint of Catholic press and weavers. His story reminds each of us that our journey to sainthood might not be easy, but when we surrender our lives to God, especially through the heart of Mary, we can bring countless lives closer to the cross. St. Anthony Mary Claret, ora pro nobis. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download today our free Hail Mary media app and find all the details at materdayradio.com. It is 8 o'clock. And in your news, a 17-year-old Hillsborough High School student was shot and killed at a house party Saturday night, and police are still seeking information about what led to the incident. According to Hillsboro Police, the shooting happened around 7.50 p.m. near Northeast 34th Place, and arriving officers found two people who had been shot. The 17-year-old was transported to a hospital but did not survive. The 16-year-old from Liberty High School was also shot and taken to a hospital. Hillsboro School District Superintendent Travis Ryman spoke about the shooting at a short press conference yesterday. He said the high school was a somber place this morning and that the district is committed to keeping students safe and protected while at school. Anyone with information about the shooting is asked to contact Hillsboro Police. The Diocese of Stockton, California has issued a warning about a pair of imposters 
posing as Catholic clergymen in the city of Modesto and charging high fees for blessings and sacraments. Mm. The diocese said that two unidentified men are falsely using the names of actual clergymen from Mexico, namely Archbishop Raul Gomez Gonzalez and Father Jose Estrada, a priest from the same diocese of Tolosa. And the imposters are charging high fees for sacramental blessings and for conducting unauthorized celebrations of sacraments like baptism, confirmation, and first communion, the diocese said in its Friday warning. Diocesan officials are working with the archdiocese in Mexico to verify the deceptions. Hmm, that's really strange. Isn't that strange? Yeah. Look, priests will never charge you directly exactly. for the sacraments. Those things go through the parish, and yeah, oh, yeah. I hate to hear that, and people will fall for those things, and now... Who knows who believes they've received sacraments when they have not? Right, exactly. Well, a pair of huge sinkholes on Cape Kowanda near Pacific City on the central Oregon coast may one day form a new sea stack. This from a new report recently completed by the Oregon Department of Geology and Mineral Industries. According to the report, Cape Kowanda Lookout is undergoing drastic geological changes that may one day cause a catastrophic collapse of the lookout's underlying sea cave. Oregon State Park spokesman Chris Avell says that the Parks Department has permanently moved the lookout fence back more than 50 feet following the Department of Geology's recommendations. In its report, the department concludes that the two sinkholes that formed in January and May of 2023 were caused by a circulation of ponding groundwater that slowly dissolved an underlying rock formation. Cape Kowanda's geology consists of 15 million year old sandstone. Mm. So that water coming in just kind of washed at it, and now away. there's a hole. I want, I mean, what would be cool? Because what is on, so there's Cape Kawanda. Yep. There's that big dune and everything mm-hmm. where they hand out the stickers, right? Remember that? You told me. <laughs> yes. They and are. then on the other side is what? What is that little beach called? Tierra del Mar. Okay. Would it be cool that eventually, if that sand flowed through whatever cave and washed away, right. that there is now beach access that oh, would connect the two yeah. sides I on the low saying. tide? Yeah. You might get caught. It yeah. might be a little precarious, but uh, yeah, I, I'm fascinated by this sinkhole. A lot of the cape would have to be washed away, I think, for that to have that continuous. Okay. But... Who knows? I mean, I don't know the way it's washing away now. We walked up there not long ago, and you could see where they moved the fence, mm-hmm. so you couldn't get by the sinkholes. And so, yeah, I guess that's permanent now because it's not going away. Yeah, and and for those listening, no, they do not hand out stickers <laughs> at the top of the dune. No, they don't. That was just a trick that was played on me once. I wonder who did that. Who yes. did that? Well, French President Emmanuel Macron is visiting Israel today in a show of solidarity. He is the latest Western leader to visit the country since Hamas Hamas attacked on October 7th. In addition to President Biden, the leaders of the U.K., Germany, Italy, and European Commission have made high-profile stops there in recent days. Macron met with Israeli leaders and is also scheduled to meet with Palestinian President in the West Bank City. 
Now, Fran, uh, Macron also met with the families of French victims and said his top priority is freeing the nine French hostages held by Hamas, per Reuters. His advisors said he aims to make proposals to free hostages, guarantee Israel's security, prevent an escalation, and work towards a two-state solution. And in sports, NFL Monday night football last night, the Minnesota Vikings looking good with a 22-17 win over the San Francisco 49ers. Minnesota quarterback Kurt Cousins had a great game, completing 35 of 45 passes for 378 yards and two touchdowns. He was never sacked in the game. It is the second loss in a row for my Niners. What are they doing? Yeah, they fall to 5-2 and two on the season. Vikings are 3-4. and four. Yeah, you know, they several weeks ago, the Niners looked great. Yeah. They had the big win over the Cowboys, and since that time, they've dropped two straight, and... Uh, I don't know. It's tough. NFL's tough. I mean, it, it's so balanced. Exactly. That even what looks like one of the down teams is, you know, they can rise up, beat anybody. So I don't know. Get right. Diners need to write the ship. Okay. That, send them a memo, I David. will do that, yes. God is calling your child to be a saint, but how? Which vocation will lead them to? And teaching your children to listen to God's call in their lives and uncover how he wants to them to love and to serve him in this world is a great gift. There are a few simple things that we can focus on as parents, teachers, and catechists to help children learn about and foster their own vocations. Here are three simple ways. First, relationships. Give your children the chance to be around, to talk with, and to learn from Catholics with various vocations. This can mean inviting your parish priest over for dinner, getting to know the sister at a local Catholic school or order, or taking pilgrimages to spend time at a monastery or convent where your child can see and pray with monks and nuns who've given their lives to Christ and the church. Through prayer. Teach your children to pray for their future vocation. This can be as simple as adding a short prayer to the end of a habitual family prayer, saying something like, Jesus, I pray for my future vocation. And then lastly, through reading in books. Read books about marriage and the religious life. In addition to exploring the lives of the saints who lived out their vocations as priests, monks, nuns, or through marriage, creative children's books can do wonders for exposing kids to and opening up meaningful conversations about religious life. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Wednesday from 1230 to 4 o'clock is Family Eucharistic Adoration at Holy Rosary Church in Portland. Holy Rosary is offering a weekly family-friendly time of adoration to encourage our youngest Catholics to learn how to spend time before the Blessed Sacrament. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. See, there's another thing you could do. Just talking about your last story. There you go. That's right. Family uh, adoration. These family hours are fabulous, and many parishes are starting to do this. That's nice. So coming up, we got a homily highlight with Father Henderson, St. Anthony's Church, right after the forecast. 
Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and Parish, in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, Inspire my will with courage. Enrich my life with service. Pardon what I have been. Sanctify what I am. Order what I shall be. And thine shall be the glory. And mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, a place to celebrate life's moments. Ernesto's offers full-service dining, banquet facilities for groups of 15 to 180, catering, takeout, and large order delivery, featuring traditional Italian dishes with Chef Marco's inspired modern entrees and weekly specials. Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, 8544 Southwest Apple Way on Beaverton Hillsdale Highway next to Jesuit High School. A sincere thank you from all of us at Mater Dei Radio for making our recent fall share an inspiring success. We appreciate you uniting with us during this joy-filled event to be changed and revive hearts through Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. We're both humbled and grateful for all of Mater Dei Radio's benefactors, volunteers, guests, and donors, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, Jade Bistro and Patisserie, Catering by Suzanne, Chick-fil-A in Raleigh Hills, the Ladies of Christ the King Parish, St. Cecilia's Prayer Shawl Ministry, and the St. Thomas Aquinas Prayer Shawl Ministry. If you miss Monterey Radio's Fall share Be Changed, you can still join this thankful celebration and make your gift now at MonterreyRadio.com or on the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you again for being a part of our vital mission of leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Monterey Radio. It is 812 here at Mater Day Radio. It is a rainy day today and while mostly clouds this morning by lunchtime, things are going to start to fall and after two o'clock, things are going to pick up. Highs today going to be cool at 53 degrees. Cloud cover going to keep things from getting too cold overnight. So we drop to right around oh, 45 degrees or so. Now showers are going to continue through the night and into tomorrow. More rain. Highs tomorrow 51 degrees. And like I said earlier, that looked like there was a few snowflakes falling up towards the pass level, right? Oh, yeah, you got to be careful driving through the Cascade Passes later today. 43 degrees at Regis St. Mary Schools in Staten. And it is 47 degrees at Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Battleground. Need a recap of Sunday's readings? It's time for Homily Highlights 
on Mater Day Radio. And today's homily highlight from Father John Henderson, pastor at St. Anthony's Catholic Church in Tigard. Just love it. Jesus is confronted by uh, these disciples of the Pharisees and some Herodians we hear. And they're trying to trap Jesus. They're trying to get at him. They're trying to look at what faults he might have and where he's going. And they ask him a question about paying taxes. Interesting. And Jesus says, show me the coin. Let me see what, what this coin is. You know, you can just picture this discussion. And he's probably looking at it. Interesting, very interesting. And as he's looking at the coin, he's, he's thinking, you know, well, whose image is this? Who's on this coin? Without hesitation, Caesar's. We're going to get him now. This is it. Says, okay. Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. Great. Now, when I reflect on this, you know, I, I cannot help but think that Jesus is saying, listen, I am more concerned about you having a relationship with God, that you come to know me. I do not hear Jesus saying, and this is very important because we'll get to this a little bit later, but that, well, this is trash. Get rid of it. You shouldn't pay attention to it. That's not how Jesus approaches this. And we'll come to understand that a little bit in a moment. He simply says, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Today I hear Jesus highlighting the significance of spiritual responsibilities and our commitment to God above all else. I like what you read in the first reading from Isaiah, you know. I am the Lord, there is no other. Very clear there. I am the Lord, there is no other. Jesus wants us then to look for his image. And where can that image be found? Well, not on some coin, but I do want to just give a little PS there. Not on some coin, but I want to highlight that everything you have, even those coins, ultimately do belong to God. We'll look at that in a moment as well. But where do we find it? To see God's image, look in the mirror. Our very existence belongs to God. You want to find God's image? Look there. I see the image of God in you, and you, and you, and you. When we open the Bible, we hear that spelled out very clearly. From the book of Genesis, where we are created in God's image. To the words of the prophets and the teachings of Jesus, it's evident that God's presence is within us at all times. I belong to God. I am God's. 
The Apostle Paul echoes this truth in his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 6, verse 19, when he says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? So God invites us to surrender our hearts and our minds to him, allowing him to transform us, to help us to understand truly what belongs to God. Offering our thoughts, desires, dreams, emotions to him is a way of really giving what belongs to God. Love is at the very core of God's character. And God calls us to love him with our whole heart, our whole soul, our whole mind, everything. Your very presence right here at this Eucharistic feast, this feast of thanksgiving, is giving to God what belongs to God. Right now, we're doing that. God deserves our worship and adoration, especially here in this Eucharist. Dedicating time and efforts to worshiping and connecting with God is really an important aspect of our relationship with him. Following God's commandments and living according to his teaching is really another way of giving to God what belongs to God. This includes how we act toward one another. Loving, compassionate, kind, just, as well as avoiding any actions that go against his will. Now, while Jesus taught about our responsibilities toward him, it's also very important to note that he recognized and acknowledged our civic responsibilities. Jesus acknowledges the authority of the government by acknowledging Caesar's image on the coin. As citizens, it's our duty to recognize and respect the authority of those placed in positions of leadership. Jesus emphasizes the importance of fulfilling our civic responsibilities by repaying what is owed to Caesar. This includes paying taxes, obeying laws, being responsible in our lives. Jesus is not going to get into a long debate with those trying to trap him. He's just not going to do that. Jesus is letting them know of their duty to be responsible citizens and to respect and obey the laws of the land and to contribute to the common good. And as Catholics, Christians, we are called to be model citizens, promoting justice, peace, and harmony in society. We need that now more than ever, right? You know, in our Catechism of the Catholic Church, I'm going through that now, I don't know if anybody else is doing that, and we're kind of in the commandments right now, actually, and um, I heard this uh, one, uh, number 2238, and it clearly states, those subject to authority should regard those in authority as representatives of God 
who has made them stewards of his gifts. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Live as free men, yet without using your freedom as a pretext for evil, but live as servants of God. Their loyal collaboration includes, it says, the right and at times the duty to voice their just criticisms of that which seems harmful to the dignity of persons and to the good of the community. Now Jesus makes clear that we have an even greater responsibility to recognize and, and honor the authority of God in our lives. We're called to offer ourselves fully to God, devoting our hearts, our minds, and souls to him. And so when we give to God what is God's, we acknowledge that everything we have, every blessing, every talent, and every opportunity ultimately comes from him. We recognize that our lives are not our own, but rather a gift from God, entrusted to us for a purpose. We're called to be good stewards of his creation, to use our time, talents, and resources to bring glory to him and to serve one another. Our ultimate allegiance belongs to God, and that by giving to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's, we can live fulfilling and purposeful lives, contributing to the betterment of society while always remaining connected to our Creator. And that is today's homily highlight from Father John Henderson, pastor at St. Anthony's Catholic Church in Tigard. If you'd like to listen to that homily again, perhaps share it with somebody. You have the ability to listen to our podcast and also to download them or share the link with a friend of yours. You can find that homily plus all of our great locally produced shows if you head over to matradayradio.com it's right there at the front of the page just look up the show you want to listen to and the podcast is available to you you're also going to have access to all of our great shows on the hail mary media app plus an incredible library of audio prayers and text prayers that'll keep you praying throughout the day again you can find all that information, MatraDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at BiancoDentistry.com or 503 252 1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Alex Nelson, Stewardship and Development Officer of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. Archbishop Alexander Sample invites you to attend a special pilgrimage to Rome to visit the heart of the church and celebrate vocations to the priesthood and religious life. This 11-day pilgrimage from September 25th through October 5th, 2024, will include stops in Siena, Florence, Assisi, and Orvieto. Pilgrims will experience private guided tours and have the opportunity to visit magnificent churches, holy places, museums, and Roman ruins. Pilgrims will also get to attend the diaconate ordination of American seminarians at St. Peter's Basilica in Rome with Archbishop Sample presiding, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. For more information, visit our website 
archdpdx.org slash rome archdpdx.org slash rome Thank you and God bless you. Some atheistic scientists claim we don't need God to explain the universe because science is sufficient to get the job done. But is this true? The answer is no, and here's the reason. Science could never negate the need for God because it can't give an exhaustive explanation of the universe. First, it relies on the inductive method in order to validate its hypotheses. As such, scientists can never be certain they've discovered every piece of data necessary to give a complete explanation. They must always be open to discovering something new that could alter their current theory. Furthermore, Science presupposes an existing universe to observe and explain. Thus, it could never explain why the universe exists in the first place rather than not. Science has explanatory power, but not enough power to negate the need for God. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. This is Dina Marie, host of The Voice of the Shepherd, inviting you to join me on my weekly podcast, Faith Moments with Dina Marie, where I proclaim and ponder the Sunday Mass readings, a perfect way to enhance your study of sacred scripture. My Faith Moments podcast is found on your favorite podcast platform or on the Hail Mary Media app. It's easy to download and absolutely free. Check it out today. The Faith Moments with Dina Marie podcast made available thanks to Matrade Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun. Two times the fun. On Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 826 at Mater Day Radio, and peace health workers in southwest Washington striking. We'll have the details in the news. And President Biden cleared his schedule to take a very important call. Pope Francis was on the phone. I'll have details of their conversation coming up in three minutes. This is Father Rob Galea, No Greater Love. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. I hope isn't you alone. Strong tower and endless
is Father Rob Galea and No Greater Love. It is 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news this hour, Pope Francis issued another public appeal for peace in the Holy Land and throughout the world on Sunday and made a phone call to United States President Joe Biden to discuss options for ensuring access to humanitarian aid and the release of hostages. Patriarchs and church leaders in the Holy Land also issued a statement condemning condemning the targeting of civilian infrastructure and calling for ceasefire. In an October 22nd statement, the Vatican announced that earlier that afternoon, a phone call took place between Pope Francis and the president of the United States, Joe Biden, with the roughly 20 minute conversation focused on situations of conflict in the world and the need to identify pathways of peace. A statement from the White House said the conversation focused on the latest developments in Israel and Gaza, with Biden condemning the attacks by Hamas and insisting on the need to protect civilians in Gaza. Biden discussed his recent visit to Israel and his efforts to ensure the delivery of humanitarian aid to Gaza, the statement said. Both parties discussed the need to prevent a regional escalation of the conflict and to work towards a durable peace in the Middle East. Also on Sunday, Biden spoke to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to discuss the developments in Gaza and the surrounding region. Well, about 1,300 workers at Peace Health Southwest and at Peace Health St. John began striking yesterday morning. Picket lines are expected to run until 7 p.m. daily through this Friday, according to officials. Pickets are being held at both Peace Health Southwest in Vancouver and Peace Health St. John in Longview. Workers will be prepared to return to work on Saturday, October 28th. The strike comes after the Oregon Federation of Nurses and Health Professionals Union formally announced a strike notice back on October 13th. The union said many of the Peace Health workers had been in contract negotiations for months without an agreement. There are odds with management over wages and staffing issues. The striking unit is made up of service and tech caregivers. Doctors and nurses are excluded, according to Peace Health. On Saturday, Clark County officials became aware of suspicious activity on the countywide network. County Information Technology is actively looking into the situation and working on a solution. Updates will be posted on the county website and linked to the information ribbon at the top of the page. Currently, some parts of the county website are not available, including Property Information Center, Geographic Information Services, and the Jail Roster. Some county services may also not be available at this time. Now, in the elections office, this issue will briefly delay processing of voter registration updates and ballot tabulations and scanning, though, occurs on standalone servers and are not affected by the situation. There is an election coming up in November. Uh, yeah. yeah, there'll be a, 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 a yeah, I think some yeah. local. I thought I saw that something coming up. So we'll see there. Alaskan Airlines flights bound for San Francisco had to be diverted to Portland International Airport on Sunday after an off-duty Alaska Airlines pilot attempted to disrupt the operations of the engines, according to the carrier. Alaska Airlines says the plane departed from Everett, Washington, was headed to San Francisco when it reported a credible security threat related to an authorized occupant 
in the flight deck jump seat. The suspect then attempted to deploy the engine fire suppression system, which would have caused the engines to shut down. Two pilots were able to subdue the man before engine power was lost. Following guidance from air traffic control, the plane was diverted to PDX. The Port of Portland arrested 44-year-old Joseph Emerson early Monday morning. He faces 83 counts of attempted murder, 83 counts of reckless endangerment, and endangering an aircraft. A state lawmaker from southwest Washington was arrested in Hong Kong after bringing a handgun in his carry-on for an international flight. He claims that the gun escaped notice at a Portland International Airport security checkpoint. Senator Jeff Wilson acknowledged in a statement that he was taken into custody at the Hong Kong airport Friday night. He's been charged with possession of an unregistered firearm and was released on bail Sunday. Wilson said in the statement, it was an honest mistake and I expect the situation to be resolved shortly. According to his office, Wilson was heading out on a five-week vacation in Southeast Asia with his wife. He did not realize that he had a pistol in his briefcase and baggage screeners at PDX failed to note it. The gun went unremarked until a connecting flight from San Francisco. Wilson found the gun mid-flight between San Francisco and Hong Kong, according to his office, when he reached into his briefcase for a piece of gum felt his revolver inside. The gun was not loaded, his office said, and he immediately went to report it to custom officials once the plane landed in Hong Kong. He added that the gun was properly registered in Washington state and he holds a valid concealed handgun license, but it was not registered in Hong Kong where guns are strictly regulated. He is scheduled for a court hearing on October 30th. And in sports, the Texas Rangers are headed to the World Series following 11-4 win of the Houston Astros in Game 7 of the American League Championship Series last night. Texas is one of six major league teams without a World Series title. It is the Rangers' first berth in the Fall Classic since consecutive trips in 2010 and 2011. Texas win denies the Astros a chance to win back-to-back titles, something that has not been done since the Yankees took three straight from 1998 to 2000. World Series gets started on Friday. Now, the Rangers will play the winner of the Philadelphia-Arizona Series, which is going to a seventh game tonight. Wow. So the Diamondbacks stayed alive with a 5-1 to win over the Phillies yesterday. Tonight's NLCS finale gets started at 5 o'clock on TBS. So, yeah, I, I was mentioning this early, which is kind of an amazing statistic from the uh, Houston-Texas Series not one team won a home game. I find that incredible that's, how that yeah, happened. That's crazy. So much for home field advantage <laughs> yeah, there. I think so. You know, I don't know in baseball how much there is a home field advantage. There certainly I is. Think there is. Oh, yeah. Just that encouragement from yeah. the crowd. Yeah. But still, for no team to win a home game, that's, wow. that's pretty that's amazing. Something. Yeah. Well, once you see it, you can't unsee it. The Pope's skull cap looks like a pumpkin. And that's how it's got its name. The Zucchetto, the close-fitting skullcap worn by the Pope and other members of the Catholic clergy, is named for its resemblance to the ha- top half of a pumpkin. 
So literally translated to little pumpkin from Italian, the zucchetto's original use was practical. It derived from the felt skullcap to keep clerics head warm in the cold stone churches and monasteries of the Middle Ages. Once 16th century Spanish explorers brought pumpkins and other squashes to Europe from Mexico where they had originated, well, the nickname was inevitable. Now, Pope Paul VI made the Zacchetto obligatory for members of the church hierarchy in 1968, but all other clerics may wear one. So what one color wears depends on the rank. So mm-hmm. we went through these. Right. Pope Francis and the popes, white. they wear the white one, of course. Cardinals, they call it scarlet. It's red. It's mm-hmm. it's the yeah, red cap. Right, yeah. Now this is the when it gets a little subtle. Now patriarchs, archbishop, archbishop sample, mm-hmm. archbishop agent, and bishops they wear the color is called amaranth. Yeah. Red, which uh, is a, a little purplish. Violet. Yeah. Would you but, say violet? No, it, it looks red, but okay. when you compare it to the cardinal, you go, oh no, that that the cardinal wears red. This one's a little more. Purplish yeah, yeah. In, in color. I've seen the one uh, Archbishop yeah. Sample has worn. In, sure. It's, I know the color you're speaking. And if you were to see Archbishop Sample by himself, you would call it red-ish. Yeah. Ish. But then when you look at a cardinal, you go, oh, that's quite different color. Gotcha. Yeah. And then, of course, lower clergy, they wear the black. Now, Zedicato is worn and removed at different times according to some circumstances. When the Zedicato is worn, it is worn outdoors and indoors, and if a bishop in the liturgy. Other clerics are supposed to leave them in the sacristy. And within the liturgy, if the prelate is not celebrating, it is removed briefly when reverencing the altar. It is removed at the sanctus and restored before the Our Father, during which it is worn. The zacchetto is removed in the presence of the exposed Blessed Sacrament, in procession of the Blessed Sacrament, and during veneration of or blessing with a relic of the mm. true cross. Didn't our friend Ken Hellenius tell us he had a zacchetto from... <gasps> Did he from Rome? From uh, Pope John Paul. Paul II. Yeah, St. Pope John Paul II. I think we'll have to ask him that question. Did he storm the want, altar yeah. and grab it off I, his head? How did he get yeah, one? I, like it was given to him. Okay. I got to well, ask that question. Let's ask that question I, when we I, talk to him later I may later totally this be week. dreaming this, but I'm pretty sure You know what? The knowing Ken, all things yeah, are possible. I, no, exactly. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Saturday at 9 o'clock a.m. until 2 o'clock is Life Ministry Day Retreat in Silverton at St. Paul Catholic Church in Silverton. The St. Paul Church Respect for Life Committee hosts post-abortive mother, author, and speaker Elizabeth Gillette. Morning coffee and lunch is provided. The retreat will be followed by time for confession and mass with Father Theodore Lang. No cost, however, donations are gladly accepted to benefit Salem Right to Life. And please RSVP to reserve a copy of the book. And of course, remember tonight, St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver, beginning at 6 o'clock, is the Tolton from Slave mm-hmm. to Priest live performance. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, it is Tuesday. That means it's Tech Tuesday. Sarah Kinsey going to join us. Tell us what's coming in your inbox today right after 
the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Christopher Minutes, thoughts on making every day count. I'm Tony Rossi. In a sermon quoted in the book, A Knock at Midnight, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. shared his thoughts on Jesus' call to love our enemies. He said, Love has within it a redemptive power that eventually transforms individuals. Just keep being friendly to that person, just keep loving them, and they can't stand it too long. In the beginning, they may react with guilt feelings, and sometimes they'll hate you a little more. But just keep loving them. And by the power of your love, they will break down under the load. That's love, you see, said Reverend King. It's redemptive, and this is why Jesus says to love. There's something about love that builds up and is creative. There is something about hate that tears down and is destructive. So love your enemies. This message was brought to you by the Christophers. Thanks for listening, and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. Is 845 at Mater Day Radio. Well, it looks pretty nice out right now. Not bad. A few uh, sun breaks there, some blue sky, but that will change. System rolls in later today. Going to see rain high of 53 degrees and about 100% chance of rain overnight tonight, low of 44. And then for Wednesday, showers, a high of 51. As we kind of work our way through the week, kind of showery all the way up toward the end of the weekend, then it's going to clear off and get cold. So, I mean, like cold down into the 30s. So uh, be prepared for that. Also, if you're driving through the Cascades later today into tonight, snow level, snow dropping down to the past levels. So uh, that time of year to get ready to uh, be prepared when you're driving through the mountain passes to have uh, chains and traction tires and all those things you need for uh, the inclement weather. It's uh, almost November. It is. I was beginning to wonder when the first snowfall was going to happen because a good sign for this season, as far as skiing is concerned, if they can open before Thanksgiving, it's going to be a good season for them. So uh, yeah, they've got a few weeks, but uh, they better catch up on those snow routes. This could be the start.
All right. Currently, it is 51 degrees at Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 52 degrees at Our Lady of the Lake Church in Lake Oswego. So, David, you and I, we had the extra day off yesterday as I was flying home from beautiful Southern California. So that means our Monday is a Tuesday. And that means Tuesday, it's time to welcome Sarah Kenzie into the studio for a Tech Tuesday. She's got a great preview email coming to your inbox this afternoon. And she's joining us today to talk about it. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. How are things out there today? School buses getting around? I got stuck behind a few school buses, but that's a nice day. And yeah, it's not too bad out there. We've been talking a lot about this weather. I look out the window and it looks like one of those maybe almost like snow days that we, we kind of look out there and we go, gosh, it looks cold in the air. So Just you, a little bit. Are you a snow person? Do you like um, Do you like it? I, I like it every so often. Like many of us around here, we like to look yes. at it. We don't want to go out and shovel it. We're just going to wait for it to warm up and melt away. That's yes. a, a true Willamette Valley answer. <laughs> Sometimes I like it. I lived in the Midwest yeah. for a while right. and I had to deal with it every day, uh, all winter. So I, I'm glad I don't have to do that part anymore. Yeah, the snow is like, oh, it's so nice. It's so fun. And then about two days in, it's like, oh, I want to hmm. drive and can't get to the <laughs> store. So I'll be because happy to yeah, they start scraping the snow up and and clearing it, and then it just turns kind of dirty. Yeah, right. Not as attractive as when it came down. Well, let's get right to business, Sarah. You work every week to just find some of the the great highlights of what we've been able to produce here at Mater Day Radio. You put it together with some announcements for Mater Day Radio, and thousands of people are actually getting those emails. And so we just wanted to preview what we've got coming up today. So starting right off the bat, we had an opportunity to talk about it in our news segments. Of course, Natalie Wood came on to talk about it. Refugee Services Catholic Charities of Oregon is the first interview on there. Remind our listeners about that one. Yeah, so this was a great interview that David uh, did with Natalie Wood, the executive director of Catholic Charities. And uh, you're really focusing on the need for uh, housing for refugees. And and so really kind of putting out a call to anyone that has space um, that they might be able to let Catholic Charities use for this. Um, But you also talk about uh, a new, um, I guess, would. Um, housing that's already um, about to be opened very soon. Um, And then also the need for uh, welcome packages for those people moving into um, this new affordable housing. So lots of exciting developments. Um, I always love hearing your conversations uh, with Natalie and, and, or Ed at Catholic Charities. And, you know, I think a lot of times we just think, oh, there's so many problems out there, but I like talking to them because then you really get the sense that something is actually happening and people can be involved in, you know, providing a solution. And um, and they gave us very concrete ways that we can do that. So uh, great interview. Encourage everyone to go listen. Yeah. And, and go to Catholic Charities website as well, because you can see some of the opportunities that are there to be a volunteer or to help. And as you said, Sarah, they, they really are doing things to help people. And it's just not, you know, they just don't talk about it. They're right. doing it. <laughs> and and they're doing it with partners in the community as well. And so it's really a great effort. And there are many ways you can help. But again, Catholic Charities website, great, great place to look into that. You know, speaking of ways to help. There are many ministries that uh, really focus on healing the soul of the person. And there's a wonderful life ministry day coming up with an incredible speaker. Uh, Sarah, tell us a little bit about what's happening at St. Paul's. 
Yes, I, I know you just uh, said this on the community calendar this morning, but if you missed it, um, we will be highlighting in the email the Life Ministry Day Retreat in Silverton. Um, now, this is put on by uh, the Respect for Life Committee at St. Paul's, um, which I know that community very well. And I also know um, Elizabeth Gillette, who is um, the speaker. She's um, an author and a post-abortive mother who who really shares her experience um, in a very beautiful uh, way that um, I think understands where a lot of people are coming from. Um, and so I just, I, I'm really excited for them that they are hosting this event. Um, and it is also kind of focused or has a focus on Elizabeth's new book, uh, which is um, just coming out from our Sunday visitors. So it's really exciting. We have a local author um, and it's really, the book is a uh, called Above All Love, Discerning Ways to Defend Life with Charity and Justice. And so um, if you register, uh, you can get a free copy of the book. It's donation uh, for the retreat, but you do need to register. Uh, so we'll provide all that information in the email. And um, it just looks like a great day coming up this Saturday uh, from nine in the morning until two in the afternoon. Oh, fantastic. We look forward to that. And of course, you'll find that information also on our community calendar at matradayradio.com in the Hail Mary media app. One of our top podcasts, our show evening shows turn into a podcast that's downloaded so, so many times. People want to hear the voice of our shepherd, Archbishop Alexander Sample. And tonight, well, it is Voice of the Shepherd. They have a new episode coming up, but you are highlighting some of their discussion from last week. Yes. An incredible story of uh, World Youth Day. Archbishop Sample was there and some wonderful young adults joined them as well, as well as teens. Uh, yes. So uh, in this episode, I really loved the conversation. Uh, they had two guests in the studio. We had Lexi Torres, um, who was just here for share um, and she uh, coordinates young adult and campus ministry for the Archdiocese of Portland. And then we also had Chris Dohanik, who is our Young Catholic Professionals president. And they both were on the pilgrimage. Lexi actually organized the entire thing. Um, but it's just such a wonderful look back with the Archbishop. Um, and he really spent a lot of time with um, the youth and the young adult group that went to World Youth Day. And it was really fun uh, to listen back and hear, you know, their their memories of that. And not only that, but what are they bringing back from yep. uh, from World Youth Day and really a focus on evangelizing and, and bringing more people, um, you know, to encounter Jesus um, in, in the Catholic faith. So I think if you, you know, you need a little bit of encouragement this week, I think this is just a really joyful, um, inspiring episode to listen to. So go check it out. All right. So please, when you open up your email this afternoon, you see that email from Mater Day Radio, open up and see what's there. We've just got some great resources there. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. Always a great Tech Tuesday with you. Thank you. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Greetings and blessings to all of you listening to Mater Day Radio. Join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, and other listeners of Mater Day Radio as we pray the Memorare. Remember, 
O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatriDayRadio.com. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the Church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Morning Blend. It's a cup of joy with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 855 in Mater Day Radio. You know, it's going to be showery today, later today, so be prepared. If you're uh, getting ready to leave the house, you might want to bring a rain jacket with you because it's going to come down later this afternoon, high of 53 degrees. 100% chance of rain tonight, low of 44, and then showers again for tomorrow with a high of 51. It is currently 52 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Matt Marr, Won't Let Me Down. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Standing in ruins Covered in ashes Why God oh why Do we suffer in life Heart is in shambles There's no easy answers But you 
let me down. It is 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. That's going to wrap it up for the Morning Blend. David and Brenda with you on this Tuesday morning. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad the show is over because I've been looking at this little box of candy <gasps> yeah. you brought me. A and little Italian Taroni. Yes, and so uh, we talked about this at the start of the show, and it's just been sitting there just waiting for calling me. Calling your name. Calling my name. And so right. I'm going to open this, and I'm going to eat it, and I'll give you my review tomorrow. Okay, sounds yeah. good. All right. And that is going to wrap it up for us on the morning blend. It is Tuesday. That means the voice of the shepherd is on at 730. We hope you have a very blessed day.